Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bennett. You're listening to the Daily Halacha, Machshava, and Kabbalah podcast series. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying this content and you want to support what it is that we're trying to create with Yesod Blocks, please head over to www.yesodblocks.com where you can subscribe for only $9.99 a month and then you can support our work. There's lots of other content on Yesod Blocks. We're adding new things all the time with a big upgrade coming up really, really soon. Also check out on iTunes and, the, and Amazon the uh, recent album that we published called Tikkun HaYesod where we discuss how to use these integrated holistic Torah concepts to do battle with the dark side of the internet, the world of pornography, a very important initiative, also available on yesodblocks.com if you are a subscriber. We're on the Erev Shabbos episode of this daily podcast series. We're still in the areas of halacha that explore the Erev Shabbos halachos, because Erev Shabbos is a pretty significant part of the Shabbos experience, as we discussed in previous episodes, in order to actually begin Shabbos and to actually uh, experience what it's about and how to access his headspace, you have to start to extricate yourselves from the malacha dynamics, the etadas tovara distortions of the of life, really, uh, already pre before, pre-Shabbos. And so Erev Shabbos is a time in which we really spend time doing two things. We engage in specific uh, directed malacha that is supposed to get get uh, uh, allow us to have things on Shabbos that make the day a special day. And that's what we spend time preparing food and getting things in our home ready for Shabbos. We also spend time extricating our mentalities and our mindsets from the malacha orientation that we have during the week where we are deeply immersed in our own creativity to the point where we start to over-identify ourselves with that and we begin to think that our own creative actions are simply a normal side of existence and that we are simply just uh, doing our thing, just doing these normal things, when in fact creativity, which is really just the the application of our conscious awareness to the world of disorder, and the world is a a place that is, is ruled by forces of entropy, forces that tend towards greater disorder and greater uh, chaos over time, and the application of our consciousness to existence brings higher states of order to that existence. That's also exactly how Hashem does malacha as well. The whole process of the creation of existence is essentially the application of consciousness to a system of disorder that then is uh, is brought into increasing and higher states of order. And so we are we have this this tendency because of the etzadas we begin to develop perceptions in which we see the things that are in our lives as givens. We have uh, we, we we can actually develop perceptions that are preferential that are based on our own personal preferences. And that's exactly how we start taking things for granted and the things that we're used to seeing happen begin to fade into the background because it's easier to just take them as givens rather than actually spend time constantly remaining aware of the landscape of our existence. And so the Eitzhadah's tendency is actually what gives rise to this laziness uh, in our perceptual landscape where we, we it's, it's easier, since it's easier to actually not think about these things, so that becomes part of our preference, and then we actually simply let these things fade away into the background of our perceptual minds. And so Erev Shabbos is when we begin to start to pull ourselves out of that headspace, and we start to try to actually see our creativity as, as what it is, as a powerful, uh, almost otherworldly, really, or outside of this reality type of power, where we uh, we actually are doing something which is unnatural. The, it's, it, it, we have an episode in the Kabbalah series called the Alien Neshama, because that's exactly what we are. The Neshama is this consciousness fragment that does not belong in the world. It is something which is a different material. It's not from here. 
uh, and that's who you are. Your essence is something which is otherworldly in a certain way, and its influence, its power, its expression in the physical world with all of the physical world's laws of nature is actually the application of something otherworldly, something which is we call consciousness in English, uh, that changes the state of existence and brings order to a world that is otherwise filled with uh, tendencies that are, again, uh, governed by rules, consistent rules, and yet still are filled with chaos. Uh, so that's where we still are. We're now in Siman Reish Nun Aleph. And that's that Siman, it's uh, 251. It's this, this section is called, is titled, that one should not engage in Malacha on Friday, on Erev Shabbos, from the time of Mincha and onward. So Mincha is uh, essentially the characterization of the second half of the day. So our days in Halacha are broken up into three sections. We have the first section, the second section, and the third section. So the the day essentially ends with uh, the with the the third section, which we call which we call the zmana mincha, and it's the second half of the daytime. So you can think of it as nighttime is its own phase. That's that's the first phase of a day, and then the morning phase from when it becomes light until around midday is the second phase of the day, and then the third phase is this time of mincha. And so the third phase is basically the, it's the ending of a day. It's when you start to feel the day waning as it starts to, to as the sun starts to go down over time and the, the sun at, in midday already starts to turn towards its uh, descent, uh, at least from our perspective. And so, and then as the, as the day ends, the, the, new ca- the character of the new day begins to assert itself towards the end of the day. And these are, this is our direct experience of how days work, that every part of the day has a different feel. The morning has a certain feel, the afternoon has a certain feel, and everybody kind of intuitively senses this, and there's a lot more depth to that. The concept of mazal, for example, is tightly linked to the different feels of the different parts of the day. Uh, which So there's, there's a lot to say about these different time periods, but the point is that once you get to the second half of the day, of the daytime, which is called the Zmana Mincha, so then there's already this, this turning towards the energy of the next day. And this is exactly what we were saying earlier about how we spend time on Erev Shabbos on Friday, beginning to pull ourselves out of the Malacha dynamics of the week. So let's see now, the, the, the first. The, there's only two halachos in this section, so we're just going to read through them and then try to actually just create the structure around them to understand exactly how this expresses on the practical superficial level, which is the world of halacha, all the underlying perspectives that we just articulated and that we've been articulating throughout the series. It says in halacha number one, someone who does malacha on Erev Shabbos from the time of Mincha and onwards, it does not actually contribute anything to his attempt to expand himself. When we do malacha, we're trying to add value to our lives. We're trying to basically channel our divine self into the world in a way that will bring order and change the world's nature such that it will add increased value to ourselves and to others. So that's what siman bracha means. Bracha means more. It means expansion. There should be in- increase. And so if you do malacha uh, from er- on Erev Shabbos, from the second half of the day and onwards, so you don't actually see any, any sign that it actually was beneficial in any way. So there's two opinions here about what exactly we mean when we say mincha, this, this second half of the day. So one opinion says it's mincha gedola. So one, one opinion says that it's talking about, there's basically two different um, phases of the mincha phase of the day. There's the earlier part and the second part, the, the later part. So you can think of it as, let's imagine that, uh, that the day is divided into real hours of 60 minutes, the way that we have with our, with our clocks. And so let's say at 12 o'clock, so it's already now um, the second half of the day. So from around 12.30ish, let's say, so from 12.30 until, uh, let's say, 6 is the second half of the day. Let's imagine that the sun sets at 6. 
So then, just to keep things very simple here, because it's a little bit more complicated than this in terms of the halachos of different times, um, but the first part from 12.30 to around 4 something, let's say, uh, so around 4, is going to be what's called mincha gedola. And that's the, the first part. It's, when, it's kind of like when the day is still... It's still the day, but it's still, but it's also the afternoon. It's the second half of the day, so that's called the the bigger part of the day. It's mincha gedola, so the big, bigger part of the second half of the day. So mincha gedola literally means the bigger mincha. And then we have the second part, mincha ketana, is the later part of the day. It's already when the sun is really starting to go down. It's around four, let's say, till around six. And so the question here is, uh, when we say one should not engage in malacha from the to- from the mincha phase of the day and onwards, what exactly does that mean? So there's two different options here. And one opinion is that it's talking about the whole afternoon from 12.30 until the end of the day. The other opinion says it's only from like four in the afternoon until the end of the day or whatever time mincha ketana or mincha gedola is. Uh, in a particular day, because just to stress this, if in halacha the times are the times vary according to the seasons. So if you're in the summertime, then the hours are much longer during the day. So mincha gedola and mincha ketana are longer, but in the winter they're both much shorter because the day ends much earlier. We have less hours of daylight, and it's the daylight and nighttime are what define halachic uh, uh, times as opposed to just our uh, hours and minutes system. So there are two opinions here, and of course we can understand right away why there would be two opinions, because uh, whether whether you should stop doing malacha right once once the afternoon begins, because now it's already getting towards Shabbos time, or you should stop doing malacha when it's much closer to Shabbos, well, it's really, it, it, it definitely, uh, you can make a strong argument for each one of these. As we already articulated, there's clearly a spectrum, almost like a like a like a, a, a spectrum of, of times that, as you get closer and closer to Shabbos, you should incrementally be reducing your malacha involvement uh, more and more, as we've discussed. So here, what we're saying is that there's basically these markers that are used in, in the halachic system, which is very common. The halachic system operates this way, where you have uh, even if there is a, a, an incremental kind of even subjective dynamic, where uh, earlier is presumably um, further away from Shabbos, so you could be doing a little bit more malacha, whereas the closer you get to Shabbos, the, the less malacha you should be doing. So we have these these markers which say, well, as soon as it gets to time X, it's an all or nothing black and white type of rule, because halacha in general has a practical set of rules. It tries to reduce the amount of subjectivity that is involved in making these kinds of calculations. But of course, once you understand the halachic system and you can, uh, you, you can understand how to apply it properly, then you can start to make exceptions depending on your own particular situation, as long as you are within the realm of various opinions that are actually in the halachic world. So here we have these two opinions. One says earlier, one says later, and you can do either one uh, depending on your situation. And then here the Ramah adds, What kind of malacha are we talking about that you need to stop doing? Well, we're talking about scheduled real malacha where you're sitting down to do some kind of higher order activity in an organized way, that's uh, that's what you're supposed to stop doing. But if you're kind of just doing random malacha that's not organized, it's not really pre-planned, so then lafisha, uh, just just for the moment, you didn't actually organize that beforehand, shari, that's going to be allowed to do, you're allowed to do that uh, at whatever time going into the afternoon. And then he gives a couple of examples of that, and we'll just give our, our own examples. I mean, there's so many different ones, obviously, um, you know, we're going to discuss in a second things that you're doing for Shabbos are certainly allowed, but uh, but we're also talking about let's say let's say you're just um, you're you're in your office, at, you know, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, and there's a couple of things you just need to write down for a second because you need to remember them for after Shabbos, so you're allowed to write those things down because 
uh, even though writing is, is actually a malacha because the, I, the concept of writing is a higher order activity that brings organization. Uh, the formation of letters that symbolize meaning is something which is a profound creative activity. We're going to talk a lot more about the different malachos as we get further on. Um, so you can still do that in that situation because you're not, you're not, you're not uh, pre-organizing and planning to do that in an intense way. Uh, and so you can think about that for a second, just, you know, what we're talking about here, if we're trying to extricate ourselves from our immersion in our own malacha orientations, so then obviously this makes a lot of sense, because if, you're if, you, if you have a plan to do real malacha, and again, this, this could be, you know, it's, it's kind of like similar to the idea, of, let's say you have a job, and even, let's say a person who's a financial analyst, and you're using uh, Excel to do financial modeling. So Excel and, and computer activities are not really malacha, because, we, and we're going to discuss this when we get to discussions of electricity and malacha, of that nature, but it's not really a halachic malacha in a classic sense. And yet you could definitely still feel the energy of your immersion in an Excel financial modeling spreadsheet because it's, it's essentially an activity that's very high order. It's, you're, you're organizing a lot, of, a lot of raw data into an organized way that then, that then adds utility and value to make that data usable for a future se series of activities. So that is, that is the essence of the energy of, of malacha, even if you're not really doing malacha in that situation, simply because organizing things on a computer screen is not actually any particular malacha at all. But the idea is that if it's four o'clock on a Friday and you sit down and say, I'm going to now work on this spreadsheet for an hour and a half, you can tell how that pulls your attention very deeply into a particular space, which is the malacha space, even if it's not actually malacha. And so we have all kinds of uh, examples of things that are that, that, that are, we can feel this energy as, as an example. And so uh, we're going to talk about things like, like, the, like using a computer a little bit later on, because it's, again, some of these things are actual malachos, some of them are not. And there are situations where doing things that are not malacha but are very immersive in the same way as the example I just gave are also prohibited or restricted or problematic. And so there's a lot of things to do and to discuss with those kinds of examples. But the point right now is just understand the vibe, like the feel of what this halacha is saying, that if you're doing something which is just derech arai, meaning you're not doing it in an organized way, it's just kind of happenstance in the moment you're writing something down or you're, you're organizing something, uh, you're sorting different things, whatever the particular malacha that you're doing, but you're doing it in a very, uh, uh, let's say you're folding and, and sorting laundry to get it ready for Shabbos or just because you want to get it off of your bed after you took it out of the dryer. That's all derech arai. And so it's not immersive enough that it would actually be called a problem of doing malacha in the second half of the day. So that's that example. And let's just see now halacha bays says here, uh, to uh, repair your clothing and, and other things that you need to use for Shabbos, you're allowed to do that all day. And that makes a lot of sense also, because those types of malachos, even if they do pull you into a, into a creativity-oriented space, uh, you, you don't really do it in such a way that it pulls you away from your awareness of Hashem, because the whole day, uh, and your awareness of the deeper aspects that we're talking about here, your whole day, uh, these, the, the, the essence of these activities is still directed towards Shabbos. So you're basically doing it with this preparation for extricating yourself from malacha. So if you're doing malacha in order to separate yourself from malacha, that's going to be something which is which is not a problem for these types of halachos. Then he says in the in the Ashkenazi post, I hear the Ramah, you could even repair your friend's clothing as long as it's for Shabbos. And you're not getting, as long as you're not getting paid to do that. So if you're like a tailor and your friend brings clothing to be repaired and it says Shabbos clothing and you're getting paid, that actually would be a problem because that you're, you're doing your actual malacha-oriented job. You're pre-organized 
and your planned out work that you're doing right, right before Shabbos. So that's already going to become a problem and is going to be an expression of this halachic prohibition. Similarly, a person who's writing, if you write, if you just write notes for yourself, you write your own things. So that's also, again, this is this is describing where you're writing things physically, not typing on a computer. Uh, but if you're writing, if you're writing books or, or notes for yourself, so that's also something which is fine because it's just for you to actually remember what it is that you're learning. You're not allowed to write things like that for your friend. Remember, they used to write books uh, on paper for for other people and they would sell them. So that you're not allowed to do for your friend on Arab Shabbos if you're getting paid for that for the reasons that we just described earlier. Um, and then he adds, you can also you can get a haircut at, throughout the day, even from a Jewish a Jewish haircutting person. Um, a, Jewish pers- a person who cuts hair apparently can cut people's hair on Arab Shabbos. Um, and so that's uh, that's because it's getting ready for Shabbos in a very significant way. We're going to learn more about haircuts in the future, but haircuts are a significant aspect of preparing our bodies for Shabbos, similar to washing ourselves. The person should also try to reduce how much he spends time learning learning Torah on, on Erev Shabbos. That way he can spend time preparing the food uh, for Shabbos. And so you even see with that example, there is this dynamic of kind of pulling ourselves out of the routine of our regular week. And the assumption here is that learning Torah is obviously a very intense Hashem-oriented activity. And it's something which is also a high, it's a high-level creative activity, although it is not a malacha. But the point here in this particular example is that we have to try to pull ourselves out of the tendencies and dynamics of the regular malacha uh, uh, time period of the week and begin to actually expand our consciousness and and reattach ourselves to our roots and see things more deeply as what they actually are. So this whole set of halachos is basically that process. Again, we're trying to to spend time uh, extricating ourselves slowly from the malacha tendency. You can think of it as the funnel that we discussed in the previous episode as well. How how malacha is like a funnel. It basically is a channel for your consciousness to to uh, be funneled down into the physical manifestation in the world, and it's then expressed through the higher order results that you create when you cook food, for example. That food is simply the uh, food. But when you just leave it alone, it stays raw and then it rots. When you apply different creative activities to, uh, upon it, so then it actually brings a result that is higher order and higher utility, higher value for human beings. And so that food now, you can think of it almost as like, it's similar to the to concepts of science where you basically can, you can look at matter as containing energy in a certain way. It's like when you apply energy to something, when you apply creative energy, so then what you're doing is you're basically causing that, that thing to almost like embody your creative energy, your creative consciousness inside of itself now in a certain way. And it now, it now is a, it's a container for your conscious uh, applications. And so that's what malacha is. And, and that's, that's a very, it, it pulls us, we feel productive. We feel like we are, we, are, we are existing more fully when we do that. And that's because it's actually a divine activity. When you take your consciousness and you fold it or apply it into something which is inside the world and you bring higher order results and you increase order, you increase value in the world uh, for yourself and for others, so then you are actually, you're modeling Hashem. And not only that, it's not just that you're modeling Hashem and therefore you feel good about it, it's that that is the nature and essence of yourself. In other words, that's what we're programmed to do. We are programmed to be uh, transcendent, intangible, immortal beings that are then manifest inside of a of a of an imminent physical and and uh, finite world, and so that's how we we essentially uh, we actualize ourselves. 
uh, instead of just being acting or, or existing in potential, that we are simply consciousness fragments that just are, we actually are able to then manifest that into the physical world, which then validates our own conscious existence, because you see, wow, look what I was able to do. I, I made that change happen. And that is the process of what being alive is. We're here to do that. The only problem is that because of the Eitzadas dynamic that causes us to then get hyper-identified with our activities, we start to feel, wow, look how powerful I am. Look what I was able to do in my actualizing of myself to bring myself into the world. Look what I was able to do. And then we start to hyper-identify ourselves with our creativity. And that draws our, our perceptual framework of ourselves, our self-image, uh, away from the truth of who we really are. And so we then have to constantly oscillate and spend six days immersed in our in our actualization within the world. And then we spend one day out of those out of out of seven pulling ourselves out of that to reconnect ourselves with the larger truth of ourselves and to essentially uh, um, instill within ourselves a memory and an awareness of the truth of our own self. And what that's supposed to do is create balance. Otherwise people start to get very, very deeply uh, embedded in their creative power and they can get very distorted and very confused and they can start making choices that are very damaging about their lives. It's people who get too far immersed in their identity as a career, in their identity as a particular set of actions or particular set of talents. And so we're supposed to be people who are on the one hand fully in the world and at the same time fully beyond the world and fully uh, above the world at the same time. And that is our goal. And that's what it means to be called Kadosh La Hashem because basically Hashem wants you to be fully actualizing in the world while never losing touch with your true self. And that's what it means to be dedicated to Hashem, who is exactly that all the time. He is constantly manifest as the world, but never gets distorted or confused by the world because he is not. He does not have only a partial perspective that is then heavily influenced by the Eitzadas dynamic. He has a total perspective of all things and has complete awareness at all times, so never gets distorted perceptions. And so we are trying to develop that same way of being incrementally over time, and that is what the, this this set of halachos is really about. We're going to see more of this, and we as we go further in these halachos, but the 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 basic idea we kind of have it mostly, but again, the, the, the constant reapplication of it in different settings is really the key to understanding Hilchel Shabbos, because first of all, there's just so many different kinds of examples here in Hilchel Shabbos and so many different kinds of halachos, but also it's very difficult to constantly see the, 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 the path from the halacha all the way down to the roots that we just described, and so seeing it again and again in different forms is constantly going to be reinforcing and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and validating and strengthening these perspectives. So I hope you enjoyed that. That was clear. Again, join us at desoblocks.com and have an awesome, awesome Shabbos. Hopefully these halachos and these perspectives will help to continue to expand your consciousness and understanding of yourself and Hashem as you experience this upcoming Shabbos.